This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Friday, May 28th, 2021. I am your host, Jan Garcia, and joining me is Kind of Funny's one and only the future class of video games, Mr. Verified himself, Blessing Adeoye Jr. I want to shout out three things. One, you absolutely killed that, doing the Greg Miller at Blessing Adeoye Jr., so shout out to you for that. Uh, two, I want to shout out the fact that this is the first time that we've hosted together where you're in the hosting seat and I'm playing passenger which is super dope uh and three i want to shout out the fact that it's been such a fucking crazy week that yesterday we've got we got like multiple different reveals across horizon forbidden west a bunch of sonic shit uh uh what was the, the cobra kai a trailer when we just got off of doing a far cry 6 reacts it's been a awesome joker week. thing was there a joker thing yeah like isn't like it was confirmed that like joker 2 is happening and like it's the same director or something oh, like that <laughs> okay um, so maybe it's not all great stuff but hey we're here it's friday there's dragon quest dragon quest stuff happened dragon light 2 happened also dragon light 2 happened a lot of those things happened which we're, we're going to talk about all those things but blessing how's your morning going how's your day going it's a it's been a pretty uh busy morning yesterday was absolutely crazy and so by the time i went to bed and woke up this morning i woke up and i was super exhausted in a way that i wasn't expecting i was like shit i really worked yesterday was on camera for pretty much most of the day and so when i woke up i was like oh shoot but also i'm very excited to be on camera because one we did um uh reacts to kevin can we talk about the reacts we did this morning is that is that a thing that's out uh like it, yeah i mean we can talk about it uh is it okay. up i don't know maybe but like the movie is out for everybody right like that's... yeah yeah that wasn't that wasn't anything special for us okay we cool yeah we, wa- we we <laughs> we watched a quiet place too uh last night we recorded me tim and kevin recorded our reactions this morning and let me tell you you want to check out those reactions because that movie is something that movie is great uh and we did the first part of that review spoiler free and so if you just want like this is our basic reactions. You can go in there, press pause when we get to spoilers, and then come back after you see the movie and w- watch the rest. But it's been a fantastic morning. Without getting too far into it, because obviously people mm-hmm. can watch it if they want to, better than Quiet Place 1? The same? Oh, it's a tough question. I think better, honestly. I, I wow. think it was, I That's think really better, impressive. With the exception, I think having disagrees yes. with me. This, I, think the, the, I think the ending of the first one was way better, but I think overall the second one was better. Quiet Place uh, 2, like, as a concept, is giving me, like, Last of Us 2 energy, where it's like, this doesn't need to exist, but then when it comes out, it actually ends up being fire. So, um, yeah, I loved the first one, so I'll definitely be checking mm-hmm. it out. Kevin, would you, would you, where are you at with that? I, I don't know about better. I, like, I think it's different in a great way. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, I, oh. it's one of, like, the, the first one was so good, and part of that was because, like, no one expected it to be what it was. And this one, now people right. can, like, at least expect the second one. But, like, it's suspenseful as shit. If you like suspense, you're going to be suspended. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the thing is, I, the, the Last of Us comparison, weirdly, is super apt with this movie. There are multiple things that you can compare with The Last of Us. But I think The Last of Us Part 1 to Part 2 thing also holds where it it goes for something different. Like, the overall thing, it is a quiet place. And so you're getting a lot of silence in the movie. And it is the same. Can you imagine if it was just, like, loud? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the, a totally different style. Quiet place. This time we're going in loud. Uh, the overall movie, the tone of it is a lot of the same. But the story and, like, the actual uh, like goal and focus of the movie has shifted a lot from the first movie. And so it feels like it stands on its own very well in a way where both movies feel like they justify their own existences really well. Yeah, well, I'll have to definitely check that out. But for now, let's get into today's stories, which include Far Cry 6 gameplay, which we weren't able to see. That kind of went back and forth for a while there. Uh, Horizon Forbidden West gameplay reveal from yesterday and Cyberpunk's new director. All these stories and so much more because this is 
Kind of Funny Games Daily each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv backslash kind of funny games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com backslash wrong. If you want to watch live, you can watch later. If you don't watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com backslash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, or listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching kind of funny games daily and to be part of the show be sure to head over to patreon.com backslash kind of funny games where bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free along with the exclusive daily post show some quick housekeeping for you right after this kind of funny is playing uh the knockout city devs in the game and if kind of funny wins uh they get the kind of funny logo in the game and if they lose they're donating to bernard and millie dunker children's hospital at albany medical center oh now i don't know what to root for uh that's so much that's so awesome as as always we just want our logo in the game we'll 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 donate to kids every now and then you know (laughs) i'm like that's such a stressful a stressful stake uh uh, as always, thank you so much to our Patreon producers, Blackjack and Tom Bach. Today, we're brought to you by Purple Mattress, but I'll tell you more about that later. For now, let's begin what is and forever will be the Rubber Report. It's time for some news. We have five stories today. A baker's dozen. Hell yeah. And let's kick it off with Far Cry 6. Uh, we're just going to briefly go through what was shown. Obviously, if you're watching live, you may have just also watched it and, and heard those sort of initial reactions. But uh, here's a very brief overview of everything we saw. And Blessing, you can uh, add in if anything uh, else needs to be highlighted. But it was a, a big focus on story, sort of laying out uh, that revenge element, that kind of overthrowing element, uh, using the classic ambitious open world. We saw a lot of the villain, uh, Giancarlo who discussed motivations of wanting to return things to the former glory. But of course, for him, that looks a lot different than it may for other people. So his version of former glory involves uh, stripping people of freedom, uh, taking those who oppose him to uh, work in forced labor, which was interesting phrasing. It's slavery, essentially, forced labor, right? Uh, they talked about Yara uh, being, the, you know, the location of the game being a powder keg and you are the match, bringing in that classic Far Cry chaos. Uh, they discussed character choice and customization briefly. Uh, the idea essentially being they want you to feel like you are a guerrilla fighter, doing this by giving you these like wild, overpowered guns, uh, really unique weapons. At one point, there was something that essentially shot cds we saw backpacks they had different features one of them was like levitating like a jetpack a bunch of stuff was shown they uh we saw an, an alligator wearing a shirt there were jungles storylines dead in towns uh drama at the capital city and a whole bunch of stuff and of course the big announcement here is the release date which is october 7th blessing mm-hmm. anything i missed in that no I, I i think you covered it all uh the game looks really cool it looks like it is going to be somewhat of a step up from far cry 5 when you look at the weapon customization when you look at some of the things they've added uh there are some sequences where they showed uh, uh third person which i thought was super interesting and i i, I have to assume that that's going to be more of a hub area thing where you can walk around while seeing your main character and this is the first uh, uh non-faceless main character uh in, a, in far cry which is pretty interesting and really cool um but yeah overall like I think I, I think it was a good showing. The October seventh release date is one to shout out. It's nice to get like a concrete answer on when this game is coming out because if you remember, the game was delayed out of I believe this last February uh, when Ubisoft delayed a bunch of their games, and so uh, getting a, getting concrete info on that is interesting. I want to know um, my I, my biggest question is where does that put Riders Republic? <laughs> Because I want Riders Republic, and I want to know when that game is coming out, and I assume that it's coming out later this year. And so this being October 7th, I wonder if that means we're going to get Riders Republic sooner than later. I hope so. Yeah. Do you think this is going to be the big game everyone's playing this fall? The big game? No. I mean, it it depends. Like, this is a weird year where anything can fall any sort of way. If Horizon Forbidden West hits this year, which... It still could, but I know that's that's up in the air. Um, if that hits this year, then I think that Deathloop, uh, Dying Light 2, I'd also put in there. Like, that game had a really good showing yesterday. You know, I think this is going to be one, one of those falls where it is, hey, it is what you love. I don't think there's, there, there's not really a cyberpunk this fall. You know, there's not that one game Hopefully that everybody's <laughs> looking forward to. I mean, I'm, except for maybe the next-gen version of Cyberpunk might literally come out this fall. But, you know, aside from that, there's not a game, so far at least, you know, E3's right, on, right around the corner, so any of these things can change. There's not one game that seems to be defining uh, this fall. 
you know, for me, the game I'm looking forward to the most currently would be a death loop, but I know that's going to change from person to person. And with reports that we got yesterday about how the Switch, the Switch Pro uh, might be planned for this fall, that could put something like Breath of the Wild 2 for this fall. We already know that Pokemon uh, Brilliant Diamond is coming this fall. You know, like this really is one of those falls where I think we're going to get um, a sprinkling of different bigger releases that are very much speaking to people's unique tastes uh and i think that's welcomed you know i think that's dope but i don't know if i would say far cry 6 is the game that people are going to be playing this fall i think it'll be one of many games yeah i do feel like that's sort of a franchise that falls into a weird category of being both mainstream and niche like it's an incredibly popular franchise but the people that are really into it love that series and the people that aren't usually just don't even give it the time of day um, i'm really interested for this one because i have actually never played a far cry game so i think i'm going to start with this one uh, and I'm curious as to like how this is going to feel as an entry point, because it does seem like they're going a little bit more for a serious tone. It's tough to say because they have like, you know, someone like Giancarlo as the the big bad and they didn't have as much goofy over the top stuff in this one. At least that's not the tone I got from it. Like, sure, there was, you know, the alligator in the shirt and, and the wild guns, but it did feel like a little bit serious. Do you think there is a chance that they take this almost too seriously where it sort of loses a little bit of that cachet. No, because I don't think Ubisoft ever, like in their games, ever take things too seriously. I think that's a complaint that they often get is that they'll oftentimes have themes that evoke uh, uh, politics or evoke uh, a lot a lot of like social discussions and discussions. Like the whole, this Far Cry 6 seems to be all about uh, uh social revolution right and pushing back against against the system and that wouldn't be nearly the first time ubisoft has put out a game like that all right we've had the division we've had watchdogs legion and i feel like none of those games really feel ever feel like they are uh too confrontational with those conversations like if anything those feel like thematic elements that uh paint a setting or paint uh i'll just say yeah paint the setting but don't necessarily explore that stuff too much you know, like a Far Cry game feels like a game that takes place within a revolution that doesn't really have much to do with that revolution. Really, it, it, it is about going around shooting shit up and taking over encampments. That is Far Cry. And so I don't I don't expect too much out of this game in terms of that. I do expect a lot of what we've gotten out of traditional Far Cry, uh, which is chaos, which is alligators wearing shirts, which is the dog in the wagon that everybody loves. Um, my thing is, Coming off of this last Far Cry 6 reveal, and I'm curious to hear from you as somebody who's, who's not played Far Cry, I feel like the Far Cry games we've gotten, the last few ones have been fairly iterative uh, in terms of Far Cry 3, I remember getting, and that game blowing my mind with how good it was. I think the IGN review was talking about how um, uh, the, the game is basically scouring with, with, with guns. That was the big uh, uh, quote that people took out of that review and spread around, right? Scouring with guns. And for me, playing that game, it really felt like that. Like, I truly love that. Uh, and the games since then have felt like more of the same. And coming off of this last event, I was like, cool, this looks... Like, it's going to be more Far Cry. It looks like they were improving uh, some parts of it that seem really awesome. But Far Cry 5, for me, was a game I fell off of. Far Cry 4 also, for me, was a game I fell off of. And with each new Far Cry, I feel like I play less and less because I am like, mm. okay, yeah, this is more. Okay, yeah, like, this is Far Cry that I like, but also is not doing too much for me and, uh, uh, to keep me in and keep me, keep, uh, keep me interested. My thing is, is Far Cry 6 going to break that? Is Far Cry 6 going to feel like something new and interesting and for you uh saying that this is going to be your first far cry, far cry that you jump into is there something for you that's pulling you in like what about it is, is making you want to play far cry um honestly well one the like franchise history and how fondly everyone talks about it and then two i feel like ubisoft in general has a certain kind of basic when it comes to games but it's like a comforting basic like i jumped into watchdogs legion as my like first full watchdogs game because i had only played a little bit of like i think two um just sort of prepping for like previewing legion and stuff and, and covering legion and i was like you know what I, I had a pretty good time with it and you know i know um in your guys's review uh you were pretty critical of it and i think i agree with everything that was said and i think it is just kind of an okay game maybe good like it's not you know phenomenal but i really enjoyed it because you know you had a drone that could shoot bees <laughs> and that's mm. all i really came here for you know i think to your point where you're like, oh, it's always, you know, sort of on the goofy end. And it's the 
political statements are technically there, but they're more of a thematic backdrop for you doing over the top stuff. Um, but yeah, I've really enjoyed that. It is formulaic, but it's like, all right, I know what I'm going to get and I don't expect a whole lot more. Yeah. Um, and it's the good thing about food for a lot of people, yes. I think like Greg Miller talks about how he's a fan of Ubisoft games. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't, wouldn't really call myself a fan of Ubisoft games. I'm a Me. fan of some. I'm a fan of some Ubisoft games. Rainbow Six Siege, I absolutely adore. Uh, and there are games here, here, here and there that I, I truly dig. But that formula of Assassin's Creed, Far Cry, Watch Dogs, like that open world formula that they have for Ubisoft, doesn't. Uh, uh, vibe with me as much as it might do for other people because it is that comfort food of hey I just want to clear a map hey I just want to go around do side quests hey I love you go there the, the objectives the are there like you know yeah. you turn on the radio maybe the stations don't shuffle correctly but it's fine you put Spotify on the background yeah it's sort of, Far, you know, Cry just is, there. Far Cry is that but a first person shooter which is going to speak to a lot of people yeah I think too like it's it's nice as someone for me who isn't historically into fps's but i'll play games that have that as as a core mechanic because they're not usually that taxing like you don't need to be like that good to be able to get through it um i like it as sort of a way to hone those skills in a setting that isn't as intensive of like as of call of duty or anything like that so uh yeah we'll see how it is when that finally drops and uh speaking of more things that are coming out or or maybe not or maybe later or we'll see horizon forbidden west gameplay reveal and that lack of release date um again you can go watch the kind of funny live reaction over on youtube but we will be doing a quick recap of what we saw so definitely a highlight of human to human combat we saw that really fantastic battle against the uh, tremor tusk which is just a giant robot elephant you know i'm gonna remember that as giant robot elephant but i think the name is tremor tusk uh, new features include the ability to go underwater for an unlimited amount of time rideables that aren't just the docile machines a glider the ability to pick up weapons that fall off of machines and use them so when we saw that big laser machine gun thing that was an example of that a hook shot which has a different name but it's it's a it's a hook shot. Yeah. Um, a focus camera that lets you um, see climbable areas in the environment. And other highlights or debatable highlights are some UI potential improvements, maybe some combat improvements is sort of a lot of the reactions I saw online. But we did not get a release date. Uh, blessing. Anything else that we should highlight from this event? No, I think you, you covered it pretty well. Uh, this was one where if the Far Cry 6 event was one that I came off of going, okay, cool, more Far Cry. You know, that's awesome. And it seems like they're improving some things. This Horizon Forbidden West one was for me one that got me hyped. This was one for me where I was like, oh, let's fucking go. Because I really liked Horizon Zero Dawn. But there are things here and there where I was like, okay, cool. This is a good game. But the um, the, the melee combat isn't doing it for me as much. Or like the uh, getting around in the open world doesn't feel as uh, 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 like fluid and 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 uh as fun as some other games them adding the glider them adding the grappling hook them showing off melee combat them showing off an ultimate ability them showing off diving underwater there were so many things in this one where it felt like they uh right after horizon zero dawn they took stock look looked around read the reviews and they were like cool people are loving this how can we make this better how can we push this forward more and it felt like they we got so much of what that looked like in this last reveal event uh which has me hyped i uh i assume you watched it like what were your thoughts on it yeah i loved it um i i love that you brought up the comparison with like how far cry was because you know we're going to talk a lot about other game reveals and what's coming up and i had the exact same feeling like seeing this event reminded me of what it feels like when you're truly excited for a game or when you're really impressed by what you see a lot of times with gameplay reveals it's for me it's just kind of like all right we saw this thing happening and then yeah it looked nice or it looked like a little bit not as nice we'll see when it comes out and even though at the end of the day you know we'll still see when it comes out watching it it felt like i was watching something special it felt like a marquee game it mm -hmm. you know reminded me it had an e3 it had e3 vibes even though we're not in e3 yet we're in you know e3 season pre Free three, if you will. Um, but yeah, I was I was blown away by it. It was uh, absolutely incredible. And I really liked the way they structured it. Uh, I watched it live with my community. And when we were watching the gameplay, I'm like, oh, this is interesting. They kind of just let us see it. They didn't say anything. And I, I sort of had mixed feelings on that. And then right after, they're like, now let's talk about what you just saw. So I thought that structure was super smart because it kind of allowed, you know, anyone watching myself included to start piecing together things having questions having comments and then you get some of that reinforced by the developer commentary and you might may have then been uh made aware of stuff you may not have noticed uh watching on your own when you have like the dev step in the music was incredible too um yeah they've done, they've done a really good, good job with the these game focused state of plays where 
we got this one we last year we got the one for ghost of tsushima and we also got another another one for last is part two and the state of plays that they have for their bigger releases that the bigger tentpole releases i think do such a such a justice to those games like ghost of tsushima i was always hyped for but it wasn't until we got that state of play where they're like cool here's what moving through the world looks like here's how the wind blows that'll guide you to your next objective here are here's how the open world uh uh, uh works when they the, the way they're showing these things off in the state of play feels so premium and pristine and like you said right it kind of evokes that e3 energy but in a way that feels even more quality than the e3 like it feels like a playstation e3 uh which is a thing that i i, I truly adore and we're getting more of and i i playstation also does the thing where they put the, the they put their devs in front of the i guess black screen or whatever and always have like the lighting on them that makes it feel like it, it always gives us the question of like is this is this an engine like is this a real person that's talking to us but like it 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 grants such a vibe to it that makes it feel like it's larger than life and it works so well for what they do uh and so i want to shout shout that out yeah i think they're really like starting to nail down that formula you know we all are really familiar with nintendo directs and know exactly what that vibe is and sort of what to expect i think Sony is finally starting to get their footing on like what the state of play is and can be, uh, which is really exciting. As far as what is next, I want to pull from a question uh, that comes from AJ Schneck, I think. Sorry if that's mispronounced, who writes into patreon.com backslash kind of funny games and says, hey, KFGD crew, Sony showed off Horizon Forbidden West on Thursday and everyone, myself included, seems to be pretty impressed. The only thing that really disappointed me was what we didn't see, any hint of a release date. It struck me as odd that they showed 15 minutes of gameplay, but didn't even put a release window out. But in a tweet after the show, they said they will have more to share very soon. Do you think it's possible that they have another trailer of some sort for the opening of Jeff, Jeff Summer Game Fest that includes the date? Um, if it is a late slash summer slash early fall game, they'll need to announce the date uh, soon as it's only a few months away. And I think that this is the most likely scenario if the, if it does plan on being in that general window. So um, just to kind of summarize, do you think we're going to see this game again soon? And when do you think we'll see it? Will it be part of Keeley's thing? Will it be on its own thing next to E3? Or will it just be a little bit later? And maybe it's just that window between announcement and release is smaller than expected. Yeah. So Keeley's thing, uh, Kickoff Live, goes down right before E3. And I would go ahead and say no. I don't think the Horizon Forbidden West release date would appear there with more gameplay simply because that's not something that playstation needs to do people will show up for horizon forbidden west if you put put it in its own state of play or put it in its own playstation blog post or communicate it yourselves um and so i don't i don't think that would be the way to do it i think uh i think there could be a few reasons why we're not getting a release date um i i, I think one of them could be the, just the fact that they might not be confident that it's going to hit this fall and so they don't want to continue to message that when that might not be the case get closer get more sure and then reveal the release date we've seen playstation do that a lot in in recent years the god of war concrete release date we didn't get until i think a couple months before um and the times where we have gotten more concrete release dates for bigger titles those ended up getting pushed the last is part two is the one that comes to mind where we got the state of play we got a release date and then two weeks later they're like oh, actually this is getting delayed uh and i don't i playstation doesn't like doing that i think they like being the guys that feel like they have it together that feel like they can say anything they say with confidence and how their their audience trust them um and so i think that's part of it i could also see there being the case of them waiting to see what we get at e3 so they can position horizon um you know, you don't have to come out and say right now when Horizon's coming out. You can wait till July. And I think July would constitute as very soon. Allowing E3 to go by and allowing Nintendo to maybe reveal when they might put out Breath of the Wild 2 might give Sony more context of like, cool, Breath of the Wild 2 is coming out in November. Sweet. Let's not put Horizon's, Horizon Forbidden West out in November. I think that could be part of it too, because you don't you don't necessarily need to speak right now when there are other people when there's a bunch of people about to speak and about to clutter the fall in the next year with their releases and announcements. As far as the possibility of time literally repeating itself and Breath of the Wild 2 coming out at the same, around the same time as Horizon Forbidden West, how far apart do you think those games need to be in order to not negatively collide with each other? I'd say like maybe two months. You know, like, last, I, year, as, last time it was like one, not last year, it was like years ago. It was like one yeah, month, right? 20, it was 2017, it was like two weeks. You know, I remember oh, playing. Yeah, because I started Horizon Zero Dawn 
and didn't i got maybe like eight hours in 10 hours in before breath of the wild sidetracked me so i think it was legitimately either the next week or two weeks later that that happened and i think that's the big thing is you just give people the the time and space to finish horizon forbidden west and you're good and that might be a month that might be two months People are potentially going to get mad at however you answer this. So I'm sorry for asking. But we always have this conversation, especially with Horizon, about like the Breath of the Wild 2 fear. You got to stay out of Breath of the Wild 2's way, etc. Do you think Nintendo needs to worry about being in like about the opposite, about Horizon, no. Forbidden West? No, not Absolutely just not, no. 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 Is it just because Her- it's Zelda? Nintendo doesn't give a so fuck. Much... Oh, okay. So it's just yeah. like, but yeah. So you just don't oh. think it has to be of any concern. I well, I, I think for Nintendo, Nintendo IP and their games just stand so much alone and aside from everything else that the people that are going to play Breath of the Wild are 1000% going to play Breath of the Wild. I think there is more concern on the other and not even concern necessarily. I think it's, I think at, at some point it's more about conversation than it is about actual sales. Horizon right. Forbidden West, you can put out literally on the same day as Zelda Breath of the Wild. It will still sell well. It will still sell fine. The PlayStation audience, the hardcore PlayStation audience and the hardcore Nintendo Switch audience are going to buy those games you know like those are games for those audiences i think the more i think the bigger thing really is the uh the the wider uh uh like marketing bandwidth (laughs) that you can have right like in the game space you know like what are people going to be what are outlets going to be promoing in terms of guides right what are people going to be putting out articles about what is the conversation going to be about and how much uh as playstation putting out horizon right like how much do you want the conversation to be taken away from horizon by something like zelda you know like there'll still be there'll still be a little bit of that the other way around you know like if you put out zelda the same day as horizon there will there will still be some of that conversation taken away but i think it is way more um like nintendo cares way less about that than i think the other way around right yeah i'm inclined to agree with that and uh before we move on to the next story i have to know horizon horizon forbidden west 2021 or 2022 call it now what are you thinking my my gut says 2022 but my heart says 2020 <laughs> i'm gonna say i'm gonna say 2021 i'm gonna say okay it. yeah based I'm on gonna, nothing really just based i'm on gonna hopes. go 2022 because it's more interesting if we have different answers all right moving on Cyberpunk 2077 has a new director. This report comes over from Danielle Partis at GameIndustry.biz, who writes, CD Projekt has named Gabrielle Amatangelo? Probably pronounced that wrong. As Cyberpunk 2077's new game director, the appointment follows the departure of former Quest director Matus Tomaskowitz, who has stepped down from the position and left the studio. Uh, Amatangelo joined the CD project in January 2020 as a creative director for Cyberpunk. Prior to the role, he worked as design director on Dragon Age Inquisition DLC, as well as lead designer, lead designer on various expansions for Star Wars The Old Republic. He will be tasked with leading the development of Cyberpunk's future expansions. Former cyberpunk game director Adam will now focus on other leadership duties inside the company. This includes CD Projekt Red's 2.0 transition, which will see the studio alter its strategy in order to develop multiple AAA titles in parallel. Uh, Partiz also takes the time here to mention how cyberpunk still isn't on the PlayStation Store and it was removed almost six months ago, uh, adding in that joint CEO Adam uh, Kaczynski, I think, uh, told investors on, thank you, told investors on Tuesday that he has Quote, no new information regarding Cyberpunk's return to the Sony storefront. Uh, so, blessing. Mm-hmm. This news of this change. Positive, negative, neutral. What are you thinking? I mean, I'm, I'm personally, I'm, I'm neutral on it, but I think the cyberpunk situation of course has been so messy and it is not surprising to see there be shifts uh, around. I wonder how much of these are going to be the, the 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 right shifts like the the biggest fault with the cyberpunk situation really is on the higher ups who put out this game purely on the cd project red confidence right the fact that they thought they had a a sort of magic that wouldn't allow them to fail we're the guys who put out witcher 3 and so we can put out a any sort of big rpg and it's going to be the 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 greatest thing since sliced bread i think you put that on the upper management you put that on cd project like both the publisher and like the the, the higher ups at the studio um you know the these shift shift arounds i hope point toward a better future for for cd project red but that's all it's it's also a thing of like i don't know man like uh, what how do you bring it back 
as CD Projekt Red? And I guess that's a that's a question I'll flip back uh, to, uh, around to you. Like, what is the move for CD Projekt Red now? How do they get themselves back up to being the guys who just put out The Witcher 3 and being that studio that we all absolutely adore? I think, honestly, at this point, it's like almost cut your loss o'clock. It kind of not because at the same time, like every time there's a patch note drop, everyone's covering it really in depth in a way that they maybe wouldn't as much or in the same way um, if it wasn't such like a train wreck of a release. And by that, I mean, like you'll see things like, um, and this is no shade to these stories because I think it makes sense to couch it this way because this is what people are talking about. But mm. stuff like um, cyberpunk fixing one bug introduces eight more or, you know, thing that fixed one thing breaks other thing. Like we're really seeing a lot of um, scrutiny and negativity around anything that they are doing with this game so unfortunately i don't think i think it's too big for them to even walk away from it um nor do i think it's necessarily fair to fans and consumers who spent their time and money on the product and expect follow through with things um and it's funny the idea of like you know this uh this quote of leading the development on future expansions it's so hard to see the future of cyberpunk when the present is in such disarray still um mm -hmm. yeah it's i i can't really imagine a world where we're excited about future yeah. cyberpunk and expansions it's such a it's such a fascinating thing because they put out the the marketing document uh about a month or so ago that was them talking about what their strategy was as cd project their strategy is to focus on the witcher and the cyberpunk brands and build them up and so they have they still continue to have future plans for cyberpunk and because that is like that is a pillar of their company that is a a pillar of what their strategy is uh and to be fair cyberpunk sold fairly well uh it's probably not keeping up anymore in terms of their their sales projections for it because literally it's not being sold on the most popular platform right now but initially they sold a lot of copies based off of pre-orders um which speaks to something you know that speaks to the fact that people want cyberpunk people uh at least at at one point were going to show up for that and become fans of that uh and i I'm one to say that it's never too late to turn around a ship. We've seen it happen multiple times. We've seen it. And No Man's Sky is the one that we always reference when it comes to this. No Man's Sky was dead in water. People went from being, we people went from in, having crazy anticipation for it to being done with it within the span uh, of, of that release. And that game was able to turn, turn it around. Like I look at, the Twitter replies to, to stuff they put out, and uh, there, there are no traces left of people that are like, oh, you know, fuck No Man's Sky, or oh, you guys lied to us, or whatever. Like, it, there is no more of that. It is pure celebration. Uh, I think when you part of that, at... though, comes with the size of the studio, though, too, and, like, For the... Sure. The perception of like who was at fault um like i remember thinking of like the no man's sky story and a lot of looking back on it was like oh this was badly marketed this was like a developer going on at on tv talk shows and being asked like hey can you see each other in the game and he's like sure and then you couldn't mm -hmm. and then it was really awkward um versus uh, i think with cdpr like they almost i don't want to say no better in the sense of like you know diminishing the team that made no man's sky because i obviously i think they're incredibly knowledgeable in their craft but they have such a rich history in executing on a grand scale that this i think was seen so much more negatively for a slew of reasons so well i think i think the no man's mm -hmm. sky comparison is going to be made forever and i don't think you're like wrong for bringing it up but i think they have two very distinct flavors of for lack of a less charged term betrayal um that that they're almost like I can't really see Cyberpunk having same arc in the sense that like No Man's Sky has won awards post launch for like mm. improvements of games and things like that. I don't know if Cyberpunk is going to get an award for being like most improved or for DLC. Like it's just sort of hard I mean, to imagine. I don't know, man. I I I, I think I I don't expect it, but I think that's what they're going to want to go for. Like that that is the only way forward for City Project Red is to try only and bring back. Through yeah cyberpunk in some way and that might that might look like building up the um other products around cyberpunk 2077 that aren't just the game because obviously they have the netflix uh, uh show coming they have uh um uh cyberpunk merch and toys and shit that they're going to want to push and i'm sure and they have dlc and all this stuff i think for them they're really going to try and push that stuff and it is going to be about building up a fan base and building up a community that uh is going to be willing to want to get into those things despite the game and hopefully while while they're doing all that 
fixing all the things that was that fixing all the things that were wrong with the game while also putting out a next gen version that hopefully runs well. Um, if they're able to pull that off, I think that would be a a a, a starting stepping stone to put out there toward trying to build hype and excitement for cyberpunk again but it is going to be a tough road right like the no man's sky i think is it was i'm not gonna say an easier thing because it is it was a small team working on no man's sky which in itself makes it very difficult but no man's sky thankfully was one game that they had to focus on and they had to refine and it's a game that has a lot of live elements to it that um allowed them to really build and update and, and do all of that whereas cyberpunk 2077 is more so one product that seemed like they wanted to have DLC releases with, um, along with a different multiplayer game or mode uh, that they wanted to add, to add along with it. With that, I guess it, I, I guess it comes down to all right, cool. How do you save the brand? Like, how do you save save the IP? Um, and that's an interesting thing that I don't necessarily have an answer for. <laughs> yeah, um, kind of touching on that. Do you when do you think? Well, first question: Do you think we will see this game on Sony platforms? Not PS4. I don't think the PS4 version PS4. is going to come out again. Okay. The PS5 version, I could see coming out, but I, I think even that is somewhat of a question mark uh, because I, I'm as Sony, I so I Sony seems to be the, the relationship between Sony and CD Projekt Red is in a weird place. Every time somebody asks CD Projekt Red about the 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 um the game on PS4. They're always like, hey, it's in their hands. You know, like, we don't even know shit about when it's coming back. <laughs> it's like, look, we and called that's them. Fucking, that's a fucking weird place to be in. Like, it very much feels like CD Projekt Red is like, we don't want to talk to Sony because they're pissed at us. And, like, we like we, we don't want to have that conversation with them. Um, and so I, I I think that right now they're probably heads down working on, a, on the next-gen version and maybe praying to God that they can get a version on the PS5 specifically and that'll give them the the PlayStation presence again. Um, but even that, I don't think is 100%. So if it's ties to the next-gen version, I'm going to give you another question. When, mm. if you had to guess right now, what mm. year are we playing Cyberpunk on the PS5? Either late, later this year, early next later year. Later this year? That's yeah. pretty soon. That's I mean, that's what the roadmap oh. said. And of course, it's CD Projekt Red, and so a roadmap means yeah. shit. But I'm going to go 2023 like why not really like, really okay. cast it out there i feel like sony really made a powerful move and statement when they did like i remember where i like where were you when you heard cyberpunk <laughs> wasn't on, on sony platforms like i was in my kitchen i think i was like making like late night food and i was just shocked like i was so shocked like it just it felt so extreme i don't think it was unwarranted at all obviously but it was just such a like a big deal move um, that I think it's going to have to really be like, not just, it can't just be good enough anymore. It needs to be undebatably appropriate in mm-hmm. terms of performance, because I feel like if there's any problems with it and there probably will still be problems because, you know, bugs, ha- bugs are a thing. If there's any problems with it, like people are going to be looking at like, Oh, I thought like this was up to the Sony standard. Like, is this the PlayStation? Yeah, I think, I think people would be a little bit more, scrutinous of how it runs on ps5 and i think for that reason um they're going to be a little bit more hesitant to like open the floodgates to selling it on their platform again Mm -hmm. see my thing is by 2023 can you even get people to buy cyberpunk you know i feel like uh, for me they're in a they're in this place where they kind of got a shit or i don't know i bought something on my beta the other day like you can someone's always gonna buy something on some platform i feel like it's still worth worth putting out there even if it's Mm -hmm. um you know maybe not it's it's not going to be what it could have been, but it could still be something. And I think that's probably better than nothing, which is what they have now. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, we'll have to see uh, how that shakes out. I feel like we'll be talking about cyberpunk for several more years. Uh, we'll be talking maybe, about cyberpunk forever. Maybe because forever be because it's yes, it's like, I mean, how do you like the brand? The brand is going to be it's going to be really rough um, for like whatever CDPR does after this um, to try to conjure up excitement and also repair uh broken trust um you know i don't i don't know i don't know how you come back from that or or what the process is but uh we'll see i feel like there are still good games to be made from there but i don't know when we're gonna see one next maybe it'll Mm -hmm. be the one we already have um but anyway blessing we got a whole bunch more to talk about but for now i want to take a break and talk about patreon.com backslash kind of funny games you can go there with your questions squad ups but you can also get the show ad free however if you're hearing this that means you didn't so let us tell you about our sponsors 
This episode is brought to you by Purple. As the world becomes increasingly uncomfortable, we're all looking for as much comfort as we can get in. I know that's true, and that's why I love my Purple pillow. Purple makes mattresses, but they make pillows too, and the pillow is my favorite thing because it never gets too warm. You never need to flip it to the cold side of the pillow because both sides are the cold side of the pillow. It's fantastic, the technology. I don't understand it. Purple is comfort reinvented. Only Purple has the grid, a stretchy gel material that's amazingly supportive for your back and legs while cushioning your shoulders, neck, and hips uh, and that's the thing joey she's been living this life on this mattress this beautiful purple mattress feeling so good because of this grid and i've been using the pillow and i love it so much uh, because of how it's designed the grid doesn't trap air air actually circulates and flows through it so you never overheat and i love that uh the grid bounces back as you move and shift unlike memory foam which remembers everything that's why memory foam has craters and divots here exactly what you want it to be uh, right now you can try out purple mattress risk-free with free shipping and returns financing is available too purple really is comfort for an uncomfortable world right now you can get 10 percent off any order of 200 or more go to purple.com games 10 and use promo code games 10 that's purple.com games 10 promo code games 10 for 10 percent off any order of 200 or more purple.com games 10 promo code games 10 terms apply I love purple, really. Moving on to some sort of uh, inside baseball story. Uh, Patricia Hernandez will be Kotaku's new editor-in-chief. This comes from uh, the Washington Post launcher division, which is like the game section of the Washington Post who broke the story uh, yesterday evening. Uh, it reads... Patricia Hernandez will be video game news site Kotaku's next editor-in-chief. Hernandez will be leaving gaming site Polygon, where she is currently culture editor, and will begin her new role June 2nd. Kotaku was Hernandez's first job out of college, where she worked for almost six years, making her way from freelancer to a full-time staff writer and eventually deputy editor. When Hernandez left Kotaku to become a senior editor at Polygon in 2018, former Kotaku editor-in-chief Steven Totillo, whom Hernandez will succeed, wrote that she... Quote, came out of nowhere, not even finished yet with college when she was already tearing it up at Kotaku as a freelancer. What a joy it was to see what she was capable of. Quiet and unassuming, yet brilliant and bold. She'd tell head-swiveling stories about censored sex games on Steam, about wild storm-wrecked Smash Bros. tournaments, about school kids driving their teachers to the brink with their Fortnite obsessions. I do remember that because I caught when Fortnite dropped on mobile and it was rough. Um, Hernandez did not respond for a comment uh, when asked about this story, but I would like to pull in that uh, she did tweet out today that she would be leaving Polygon. She didn't say anything else, but she did confirm uh, at least that portion. And uh, continuing with the story, Jim Rich, editorial director, uh, Kotaku's parent company, Geo Media, did confirm the hire, saying that management had spoken to Hernandez. Uh, skipping down briefly to a little bit more on uh, Patricia's background. After her initial stint at Kotaku, Hernandez was hired as Verge's culture editor at the time, uh, Laura Hudson as culture reporter. Some of her articles included, you know, stuff on Twitch, stuff on YouTube. She then moved to Polygon, where she has worked for the past two years and was recently promoted to culture editor there, overseeing reporters on Internet culture. Uh, and lastly, I do want to read these final two graphs of this report that sort of speak to where Kotaku is today. Uh, Hernandez takes over Kotaku following a series of high level departures from the site. Totillo and well-known reporters Jason Schreier, Heather Alexandra, Gita Jackson, Cecilia, and others have departed over the past two years, with Totillo and Schreier citing what happened to Deadspin, a sports site also owned by GO Media in 2019, as a key reason for the departures. Deadspin saw a mass exodus that year after management orders employ ordered employees to, quote, the sports, which angered journalists on staff who had cultivated a reputation for cultural reporting and expressive opinions. Uh, they argued it would betray the online community they had built. So that's sort of a a quick reminder and window into the current state of Kotaku, but a uh, blessing mm -hmm. react. Yeah, that's awesome. Congratulations to uh, Patri right? Patricia. That is a big get for Kotaku. Uh, and it's a big get, especially because of the context you added there, right, of the uh, high profile departures that we've seen from the, from the site. You know, Jason Schreier leaving, Heather, Heather, Heather Alexandra, Gita Jackson. Like, these are names that I, a lot of people that are tuned into this space know and recognize uh, and appreciate. And the fact that we've seen so so many so many departures from Kotaku coming off of the Geo Media thing, right? Like I feel like the site's been in kind of an iffy place. Like I love the folks that work there. Obviously, I love the folks that write there. We read their articles all the time. Um, but I think this is going to be big for them. This is going to be great for them. And I hope that this is a step in the right direction in terms of them being like, cool. We want to get talent. Like we want to step back in the right direction after 
what was a misstep in how uh, we handled uh, a lot of our folks. We handled a lot of our talent. I really hope this is them being like, cool, let's get somebody talented to bring in more talented people. Um, and so with that, yeah, again, like congratulations, Patricia. Yeah, I think too, given her background of having like, you know, started at that site and, and done so many great things and worked at so many other places, uh, she's a wonderful fit for the role. Um, and in the, like, there's so many articles that have been written about this, just like gushing about how incredibly talented Patricia is. Uh, to which I absolutely agree with. I, Patricia is someone that I followed for so long, um, especially like her being like another Latino woman in the industry. Um, like she's been such an inspiration. Like I was following her work like probably before I even started freelancing, uh, well into freelancing. Uh, she actually was the reason I got one of my like larger bylines, like one of my only like shiny bylines before IGN was um, a FIFA article I wrote for Kotaku, which was so cool because no one really cares about FIFA outside of like places that cover specifically sports sims. And I remember her approaching me about it and I got to write it. And to this day, that was one of the most extreme edits I've ever received <laughs> in my life. She tore that thing up uh, in a really good way. I think it like built everything so much stronger. And yeah, I'm really excited for her and this opportunity. And it's awesome to see a woman take such like a big role at such a major and reputable outlet. Um, but I'm definitely yeah, I'm, I'm with you with the light concern. I mean, I think what sucks in a lot of these scenarios and obviously I can't help but think about everything going down at IGN and their editorial staff with the whole idea of parent companies affecting mm -hmm. the day-to-day the -day at, at an yeah. outlet. Uh, and I really, I really hate that. <laughs> I do because there, there are so many talented writers at, you know, Kotaku and so many other outlets that I've, ha I've seen voice frustrations with that. Um, and I'm hoping that under Patricia's leadership, we can just really see some awesome things and make it um, as good of a place to work as it should be, given the amount of talented people there. Um, so yeah, hats off to Patricia. I hope, I don't know when she's going to formally announcement. I hope, I hope that this is like, I guess going okay for her. I don't know what it would feel mm. like if I had such a big role that got leaked, but at the same time, like as journalists, we like leak stuff all the time too. So I'm kind of like, whoa, like the call's coming from inside yeah. the house yeah. a little bit with this one. But, uh, again, big congrats to, uh, Patricia. And if you're not aware of, um, her work, go ahead and check that out because does great stuff uh moving on to our last bit of gameplay reveal because there were so many gameplay reveals uh dying light 2 gameplay and we got that december 7th release date as well um basically the highlights from this was basically was pretty much uh more of the same parkour galore they highlighted a lot of the choices and how it will change the world though i don't think they really broke down a lot of super specifics on what we'll see um yeah. another highlight sure, on factions I'm sure a lot of that stuff too is like narrative stuff that you wouldn't want to talk about but like we've got exactly uh previous e3 demos of them showing off like you can flood a village and that'll affect your relationship with the people from that village it's a lot of stuff that i think reminds me of faction stuff that we've seen in other games like outer worlds or uh fallout new vegas that sort of thing and they talked about too how that will have uh gameplay ramifications also you know like maybe if you if you fuck up your relationship with a certain faction that then means that that locks you out of a, of a certain gameplay mechanic or you might get access to a certain tool that you can use throughout the open world is that kind of stuff which i really dig i think is, is going to be really additive uh to dying light yeah are you a dying light fan then not really <laughs> like, <laughs> i played the fair. first one i played the first one and i was kind of like ah oh, I, I i should like this more because i are you gonna really check this one out then are you excited I, about I, it I am like I really loved Mirror's Edge like Mirror's Edge is up there is like you know a game that I absolutely adore and I'm totally down with zombie open world stuff like I I've, you know that 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 stuff should speak to me um and for some reason I don't know whatever the reason was Dying Light playing the first one I'll, I appreciated it for what it was but it just didn't vibe with me too much um and funny enough there was a PAX I went to where they were showing off I believe Dying Light Bad Blood, which was a multiplayer like battle royale like uh, mode for the game, played a couple matches of it and had a pleasantly good time. And it was one of those ones where I was like, OK, there's something there that I do like. Um, and so hopefully in future iterations, the game will pull me in more. And seeing what we got out of the stream that they did yesterday, I'm actually fairly excited for it. Not only does the next gen uh, stuff look cool in terms of the graphical uh, updates and how good character models look and all that stuff, but yeah, like the gameplay stuff, the um, the uh, additive stuff, like new tools they showed off during the nighttime. You know, how the freaks come out in the night, and that's where things get really, really scary. That you have like a uh, an attachable UV ray that you can shine at enemies that'll make them go crazy, uh, which I think is really awesome. And it's that kind of thing that I think could really take the game to the next level. Cool new tools like that. Um, but yeah, but then yeah, like the the faction stuff um, spoke to me. 
and you know there's a, there was a lot of stuff in there in that stream yesterday again that that spoke to me that had me like okay cool i want to try this out for sure because this could be the dying light game for me yeah i'm excited about it too um i'm also someone that didn't really you know latch on to dying light one or anything but i have heard pretty positive things about that game especially the co-op which i think a few people in chat have also highlighted dying lights co-op as, as a pretty good time yeah. um from the franchise so yeah i mean i like the parkour elements which is like a huge part of the franchise and you know like drop kicking, kicking zombies is always a good time as someone in chat gonna, also mentions are you gonna play dying light too yeah i'm gonna play dying okay. light too absolutely like i'm really i'm i really make an active effort to try and play everything that could be at all considered a, a big release uh and then just generally anything that catches my eye that comes out in the year which y'all a lot of games come out every year it's kind of overwhelming yeah. i know a lot of people feel like 2021 is a little bit quieter and i i do get this what they mean when dude. they say that this month but there's so much stuff crazy. yeah there's, like, I'm, there's like, stuff we got, like all the time we, i mean if we're talking about indie games right like we just came off of uh, uh aerial aerial nights never yield yes. uh the month before we got disco elysium which is at least a 30-hour game we're about to get Stonefly, which I'm personally looking forward to because I got homies that work on that game. Uh, but then also Ratchet and Clank is coming up in June. You know, like we Mass Effect Legendary Edition is literally three large RPGs that just came out. Uh, there's there's a lot of video game releases, and it's in my opinion impossible to to uh, play them all. Um, but like I think that's the beauty of it is that like there's so many releases that they're gonna be there's gonna be something for everybody, which is a beautiful thing. Um, and Dying Light Two being something that I'm in the middle of in terms of like a I'm, I'm not the kind of person that's like i'm never gonna play this or i totally hate this you know i'm in the middle of i don't love this but i'm willing to try it out and it looks like it's something that's gonna be fun um that's an exciting place for me to be because that means that dying light 2 can only impress me yes but dying light 2 is so far away if i want to know what is coming to mom and grab shops today where would i look you look at the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the kind of funny games daily show hosts each and every weekday nice out today is Port Royale yeah. 4 on Switch. <laughs> you have strong feelings of Port Royale 4? No, I'm sp you didn't do the jingle. Oh, what? The do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do, yeah. yeah. Right, I didn't. Yeah, yes, Port Royale 4. <laughs> um more hours out uh eagle island for xbox one which i was actually really excited to see this because has anyone here played eagle island besides me by chance mm -hmm. okay uh eagle island's awesome uh y'all should play it i have a little plushie from eagle island that i what got is eagle, from, island? Uh, eagle island it's um it's a platformer but it also has like rogue like or rogue like elements depending on and then you can it has like omnidirectional throwing capabilities if you have this little owl and you can kind of like toss it at different enemies um and it has sort of this sprite art style um uh, it was already on switch i think uh and definitely on pc i think it was on switch i'm like 90 percent sure um yeah and it's, it's just a really uh solid i think uh low-key indie game uh sort of hidden gem indie game and i actually had first seen this because i went to i want to say is it momocon i think was the convention that i went to where i got to judge like different indie games and i played like a whole bunch of them alongside other staff writers um and um yeah it was just really cool and like we, that was one of the games that we had awarded as like a notable one of all the ones we played so yeah Hill island check it That's out awesome uh, there's also Song of Horror on PS4 and Xbox One, uh, Eight Dragons on Xbox One, Tranga Unlimited on Xbox One PC, Crossbow Crusade, Xbox One and Switch, Long Ago, A Puzzle Tale on Xbox One, Wonder Boy, Asha in Monster World on PS4 and Switch, Seven Years From Now, Switch and PC, Beautiful uh, Desolation, PS4 and Switch, Super Arcade Soccer 2021, Xbox One, SRX The Game on PS4, Xbox One and PC, World's End Club on Switch, Color Dots Connect on Switch, Regina and Mac World on Switch, A Little Lily Princess on Switch, Love, A Puzzle Box Filled with Stories on Nintendo Switch, Family Mysteries 3, Criminal Mindset. Will I be lost if I play, didn't play Family Mysteries 1 and 2? I don't know. Route Me, Mail, and Deliver Co. on Switch. And those are the stuff out right now. As far as new dates uh, that have come out, Kiwi, a co-op game where you play as two birds running a chaotic mailroom, comes to PS4 and PS5 on August 31st. And now that I'm saying it, I don't remember if that's also, I think that's multiplat, the like game with the little birds, but I don't fully mm -hmm. remember the top of my head. But that game looks adorable. Um, I think I saw it at like a recent indie showcase or something, and it looks really cool. Uh, deals of the day. One more new date I wanted to shout Ooh, out. Yes. I'm trying to Go find it. where it was. Did you see the one for uh, Chicory? 
that indie game. Oh, you're right. I'm so glad you brought that up. Where it's like you have the paintbrush and everything. Yeah, I've been interested yes. in that one. The date. If yeah, anyone you can, keep, can, you can keep going. I'll I'll pull it up from the place. You okay, can awesome. They literally just tweeted about it. Um, I'm gonna read uh, deals of the day then, and then just jump in when you have that date. Uh, yep. Deals of the day. We got Uno uh, via UPlay, which is three thirty nine on Fanatical. You may be like, why do I need Uno? I already have the cards. Uh, you never have enough Uno. Get it? Uno is awesome. Uh, and then between today through June sixth, twenty twenty one, all Hitman three players can play Paris for free. Whether you own Hitman three or the Hitman three free starter pack, you can explore everything in Paris from the showstopper mission to the upcoming elusive target, the Black Hat. All right, I think I got it. Yes. Push Square. Push Square. Uh, Chicory, A Colorful Tale, uh, is coming to PS4 and PS5 June 10th. Okay, awesome. There you go. Thank you so much for, for uh, highlighting that. I think there might be a demo available for it, too, on PC. It was part of that, um, like, uh, Ludo Naricon that happened a few weeks ago where they highlight, like, narrative-driven and, and different indie games. Um, before we head out of here, let's jump into uh, one quick thing from Reader Mail, uh, which, again, you can write into patreon.com backslash games uh, where you can get the show ad-free. Um, but we have uh, Jeffrey Long who writes in and says, Hello, Janet, and blessing. It's close. Yesterday, I think we were all disappointed in the lack of Switch Pro news. However, we did get a lot of video game news, such as Horizon Gameplay and Shadow the Hedgehog Bling. Um, <laughs> where, what from yesterday's announcements and showcases stood out to you most hmm. Hmm. i think for me it was um like i guess in terms of seriousness obviously the horizon stuff was the most exciting thing but in terms of stuff that will live with me longer the olympics game where you don't have like sonic and mario but instead you have a, a regular person wearing a sonic costume um, I watched that trailer so many times yesterday and it's so funny. Um, and just the crossover stuff in general, I feel like they're really leaning in to the meme power of Sonic the Hedgehog, which is oh, the yeah. state that he's most powerful in. So that is the highlight for me. Watching Sonic dunk on real people, loved it. It, had, it gave me GameCube energy era vibes, which I appreciated. Yeah, this is a tough question for me because like what, what stood out to me yesterday between... Horizon Forbidden West, a beautiful gameplay reveal, and Sonic the Hedgehog bling, and it's like, you know, they're both equally amazing. <laughs> um, actually, quite, honestly, like, uh, th there are quite a few things that stood out to me. The Dying Light 2 reveal really was one that caught me off guard in terms of how into it I was, um, and so I gotta shout that out, um, but the, the new, a, a new Sonic game announcement, again, like, crazy, uh, really cool. I wish we got more details on it, but for what they showed, still pretty hype. Twenty twenty two, and then of course, yeah, Horizon Forbidden West. All the gameplay stuff they showed off, uh, uh, definitely felt like they they not only lived up but exceeded exceeded expectations for me in terms of uh, what they showed with the the um, uh, gliding thing and like the grappling hook and all the different elements they showed had me very impressed. So oh, my yeah. answer is all of it. <laughs> so a cop-out answer got it answer. Uh, as far as <laughs> kind of backslash you're wrong some quick corrections to make for y'all um well usually these are more like on the clarification end uh and today's no exception for the uh breath of the wild and horizon gap it was apparently four days according to nanobiologists really? and pixelated soul also says uh horizon zero dawn released february 28th breath of the wild was released that same week march 3rd that's yeah, that makes a lot of sense because yeah it really did cut my gameplay in half and i know it did for a lot of people um who started horizon zero dawn and didn't finish it because zelda just came out way too soon yep also kiwi confirmed his multiplat on ps4 xbox one and pc um and then other than that uh just some like highlights about you know far cry 6's accessibility which if you go to the live reacts you can hear uh steve talk about all of that and then uh someone mentioned that i said backlash when reading urls i believe i've only ever said slash which is, I don't know if you want me to say whether it's forward or back. Um, but oh, you, like, you say backslash. And do the I say backslash? You say backslash every time, but also it's really? fine. No way. Like, Are you serious? Who cares? <laughs> I feel like I say slash. Do I really say backslash? Is you that say true? backslash, yeah. But also, like, really? I think that's totally that, fine. That, that's that was so also upsetting. Like, if anything, was, you're more specific. Because I couldn't tell I you. Nick always did, right? I think back, Nick does the same the thing. Day. I'm going to have to but go. I hate going back and like watching stuff that I'm in because I just don't feel like it's also impressive it. to me, though, because I couldn't tell you which one's the backslash or forward slash. Well, it's definitely <laughs> the fact that you consistently so get it. Right. It's definitely forward slash in websites. 
not a backslash. It's for, I'm supposed to say forward slash. I was yeah. told by Fox of the Future that I say backslash. I thought I feel like I just say slash. I'm going to have to re-listen to it, but I don't want to because I don't I don't want to have to face th- that I have a different perception of reality than what's actually happening. That's horrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's basically it. Uh, besides, you know, small expansions uh, on on little things here, uh, plus some like, oh, this came out right now. But I'm like, I'm not going to address that because I haven't been able to look at the, the article itself. Uh, but thank you guys uh, so much for writing into those uh, your wrongs and adding those clarifications. And if you're watching live on Twitch, what can people expect for the rest of the day? I know we have that uh, Knockout City stream with the devs happening right after this. Uh, anything else that uh, people should know about on Twitch? No, that's the big thing, right? Look forward right after this. We're doing the Knockout City uh, competition. It's us versus the devs. If we win, again, we're going to get our logo in the game. If they win, we donate to charity. Uh, but even still, root for us. We really want our logo in the game. And I think I should also shout out our, our the host for next week. Monday, we're taking the day off. Uh, there's no kind of funny uh, live content that day. And so don't look forward to KFGD or anything on, on Patreon Live on Monday. Um, but then on Tuesday, it's going to be Greg and Gary Witta. On Wednesday, it's me and thursday greg and tim and on friday it's greg and me on games daily nice and of course this has been kind of funny games daily each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv backslash kind of funny games we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about and of course we have a patreon post show for those who have subbed at the silver level of patreon.com i do say backslash right i do i say say backslash forward slash kind of funny games i just say slash because I'm, I'm impressed i do say you backslash might... you're right yeah. i noticed right now i'm so sorry to ruin the outro. I, but the, here's the thing slash Forward is just a safe slash. word the reason why me and greg say slash is because we don't know which is which <laughs> and so it's the same thing the fact that you commit is impressive the fact that i didn't know i was doing that thing. is also impressive but if she's you still want commits, me to say though. if you want me to say the correct slash please go to patreon.com back forward slash kind of funny games Uh, so stick around for that otherwise next time it has been our pleasure (laughs) to serve you (laughs) bye